Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Unbiased Freedom Podcast. My name is Thomas, here with my co-host, Ian. Hello. How are you today, my good sir? Well, I'd say jolly good, actually. Well, that's fantastic. Yes. So today... Wait, 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 and you? I'm... I'm very well, yes. Very well? Fairly. F-A-I-R. Oh. L-E-Y. Your accent is... I know, it's impeccable. It is. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> so today, guys, we're going to talk about some of this cryptocurrency, and we're going to talk about how it could impact the future of currency overall, and uh, kind of explain exactly what cryptocurrency is, and uh, I think it's going to be a good one, because uh, Ian definitely has more knowledge than I do on this subject, and I have started investing in crypto, so it'll be a good episode for me, too, to be able to actually start learning about it a little bit more, how it's actually mined, and where it gets its values and different things like that. Yeah. Welcome in, everybody. Um, episode three, season two. Yeah. We're excited to be back. So cryptocurrency, man. So let's just start off. Um, we're using uh, Nerd Wallet right now to basically go through and answer these questions. So if you're curious, you want to dive deeper and do, do your own research, definitely recommend that you do that. But uh, cryptocurrency, it is a form of payment that can be exchanged online for goods and services. Many companies have issued their own currencies, often called tokens, and these can be traded specifically for the good or service of that company. Think of them as you would arcade tokens in a casino. You'll need to exchange real currency for the cryptocurrency to access those goods or services. Cryptocurrencies work using technology called blockchain. Blockchain is a decentralized technology that spreads across many computers that manages and records transactions. Part of the appeal of the technology is security. That's one of the huge appeals of it and it and it's completely private. There's no paper trail. Right. Absolutely none. And that's where the governments usually come in and and point their finger like, "Oh, this is bad because one, we're not we don't have a decentralized way to control this. We we're not the the gatekeepers essentially, and also the terrorists can use it as a way to launder money and buy weapons and things and of that nature on the black market and and we'll have no way to you know tie that back to them and it makes it harder for us to protect you as pawns in our measly system you know that's their argument well and that and they're not making the money off of you like they do through the irs and through the fed and everything else yeah so that's the real reason Because they're not making money off of you. That's the only reason why they really care. So this year when I filed my taxes, I noticed, um, I filed through H&R Block online, and I noticed that they asked, do you have crypto asset? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. And I don't know that I want to disclose that information. Like, why would I? Like, what are they going to do? How how could they prove that I have crypto assets? Well, and that's one thing that I was wondering too, because... From what I heard from a uh, from a guy I know, he did actually do it, and they taxed him, even though he didn't sell any of his crypto. He only bought. What? But because he had made money, quote unquote, made money on the assets that he had, they they taxed him for it. Wait a minute. So he bought shares of crypto. Yep. Held them, never sold them for U.S. dollars, and yet he was still taxed. Yep, that makes no sense because I have a little under 10k in an E-Trade account. None of those assets I've sold. I'm just holding them, and I was taxed on zero of them. Yeah, I don't know. How I don't does know that if, make sense? I don't know if he. You're only maybe taxed he on messed something gains. up. Yeah, I don't know if maybe he messed something up when he did the filing because he just did it online, like or what? But that's. Man, yeah, I yeah, I don't, I don't know that I'm going to be honest and answer that question. <laughs> I'll just be, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, my name's Timothy, so everyone, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> All right, how many cryptocurrencies are there out there, and what are they worth? So there are actually more than 6,700 different cryptocurrencies traded publicly. According to Corn Market Coin Market Cap, Corn Market Cap. <laughs> that sounds like a farming website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got that corn market down the street. Well, according to Corn Market Cap, yeah, Coin Market Cap, a research website, and cryptocurrencies continue to proliferate, raising money through initial coin offerings or ICOs. The total value of all cryptocurrencies on April 13th of 2021 was more than 2.2 trillion. 
according to CoinMarketCap. The total value of all Bitcoins, the most popular digital currency, was pegged at around $1.2 trillion. So they've literally got the market. That's insane. Yeah, the, the next closest cryptocurrency behind Bitcoin is Ethereum. Ether, Ethereum, I guess is how you would pronounce Ethereum? that. Ethereum? Ethereum, yeah. Think it's, I, I, it, it's, yeah, tomato, tomato, I mean. Potato, potato. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Yeah, Mazda, <laughs> Mazda. <laughs> Nobody says Mazda. Oh, they do. Yeah. I hope not. Top Gear, man. They're wrong. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah, they're British, I guess. So, yeah. yeah, and they're wrong. So. And they're wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it doesn't matter. They're it, still wrong. It's not the bonnet in the boot. Yeah, so what's crazy is, so... Uh, Bitcoin started back in what 2010 ish? I don't know when 2008, it started, actually. Something like that. It's been but a while. It started trading for like eight bucks or something. I mean, it was like stupid, stupid cheap. And now it's over 63,000 per Bitcoin is the current value on it. 2009 is 2009. When Bitcoin started. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy, though. So, like, a literal digital currency, which honestly has about as much backing as our regular currency now anyway, because we have no real gold backing anymore. Uh, but it's crazy to see. It's got more backing than the U.S. dollar. Because that's crazy. one U.S. dollar doesn't get you anything in Bitcoin. I mean, that's true. Right now, actually, let me pull so, it up. <clears throat> what exactly backs digital currency, though? So... Digital currency, basically, you're, you're mining compute resources to create tokens or coins. So really, where the value comes into play is how many are in circulation and what is the market cap? And it, it comes down to, right now, Bitcoin's uh, got a market cap, I believe. Hang on, actually. Let me pull that up because... So right now, Bitcoin, as of today, and it is... April 18th at just after noon and uh, Bitcoin's price has tumbled almost $7,000. Um, it's at 55244 and it's continuing to drop. Ooh, and, and good that's, time to buy. Right. <laughs> and the reason why it's dropping is we'll, we'll, um, we'll touch on this in a little bit, but um, India announced that it's planning to block uh, well, Bitcoin in their country. Yeah, and it's not just Bitcoin that's tumbling. If anybody else is following Doge or Ethereum, you it, notice that all cryptos dropping right yeah, now. Two two to three days ago, um, Doge was at all time. It was between forty five and forty seven cents per share, um, and it's currently sitting right around thirty cents per share, which is still, if it continues the the trend that it looks like it's going to, it'd still be a good time to invest. Oh yeah, I mean if you're, I'm on Coinbase right now. Great 77% of people are saying it's a good time to buy Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. Because the price is dropping. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because just uh, earlier this week, it was almost 70000 Yeah. Yeah. So the market cap right now, stats for Bitcoin is $1 trillion. Their trading volume is $94.8 and there are 19 million Bitcoins in circulation. Mm. So you can do the math on that and see the supply and demand, that's what intrinsically gives it value. Um, and when you keep printing money out of thin air, like we do with our fiat currencies, the U.S. dollar, it devalues the dollar because it inflates that dollar. So by them not creating more Bitcoin, the price just keeps rising mm -hmm. because more people want the asset. Um, and it doesn't hurt either that... Um, Elon Musk likes to randomly, you know, tweet Bitcoin and then, the, you know, you have people all over the world scrambling to buy Bitcoin because just because just he said anything, you know, mm -hmm. he could he could probably single handedly make a tweet right now and reverse the price well, of Bitcoin. <laughs> well, and that's what happened with Dogecoin. Uh, Dogecoin, I I bought in at Dogecoin at six cents a share. Yeah. What do you say? Dogecoin to the moon and then yeah, boom. And then it skyrocketed like. The first time that he had tweeted about it, it was it was about a cent. Yeah, and then it went up to uh, like twelve cents, and then it it leveled back down. And I got in lower than six, and then higher than six, so it averaged it out at six cents a share. Um, and then it sat like that. I had I had it sitting there, and it stayed that way for about a month. And then all of a sudden, it started creeping up, and he tweeted again, and that's when it skyrocketed. Just boom. Because he's basically, 
implying that he's about to dump a bunch of money into it like he did with bitcoin with bitcoin yeah because he just recently started accepting bitcoin payments through tesla so not only is tesla doing that but there's actually a lot of places that are starting to do it there's a hotel in downtown nashville that just said that they're going to start allowing uh, crypto as a form of payment microsoft uh, accepts bitcoin do they yeah that's crazy man yeah well, it makes sense that all the tech companies are going to start doing Heck it. Yeah. yeah, they're they're they want to be they want to be on the on the you know for future of yeah. all of this. They want to be ahead of it before well, it becomes a thing. And that's the thing that's crazy is like even something that was started as a meme coin, which was Dogecoin. If you would have put a thousand dollars into Dogecoin on January first, twenty twenty one, you would be able to buy a Tesla Model X right now. Yeah. So while we're talking about that's Dogecoin, insane. Let's let's go ahead and play this clip here. It's a two minute clip, and it just explains Dogecoin. So here we go. Dogecoin is a revolutionary digital currency. It can easily be sent through the internet from person to person with total security. With instant transactions, you can send coins from Melbourne to Mumbai, from Madrid to Minneapolis in seconds. It's simple and safe to use and is already accepted at online retailers where you can buy gifts, groceries, services, and so much more. What makes Dogecoin truly unique from other currencies is how its ease of use makes it the perfect way to instantly send cash gifts to people all around the world. You can send 10 cents to your favorite comment on Twitter or $10 to your favorite band to purchase their latest album. You can even send $100 to a charity that you support. There's no middleman to take a cut, and the transactions are completely anonymous. If you are a creator, you'll find your fans can financially empower you. For the first time, you can directly receive cash from them, rather than a valueless like or retweet. You now have the opportunity to spend more time creating content and less time counting cents. Be part of something big, something groundbreaking. Within the first few months of creation, the Dogecoin community has already achieved great things. From funding Olympic athletes, to providing clean drinking water to those in need, the community is welcoming and amazingly generous. You'll fit right in. So how do I join in? To start, visit dogecoin.com and download your own digital wallet. Then, join the community on Reddit where thousands of helpful people will happily answer any of your questions, and where you'll also receive some free coins. Dogecoin, the internet currency. We'll see you on the moon. So there you have it. To Dogecoin. the moon! <laughs> yes. So that's pretty cool. I mean, so the idea uh, really started out as a meme, and they're using the, the dog as their kind of like their mascot. Um, is they're trying to support content creators and stuff on the internet. And right now, what's the, what's, let's see what the price of Dogecoin is right now. I believe it was at right at 32 cents. Yeah. It's 31 and a half cents right now. 31 and a half. Yeah. Okay. And in the last week alone, it's that's up 24 and a half cents mm -hmm. on the last week. Yeah. I'm looking at, it says uh coindesk.com 24 hour percentage change. It's up 15%. Um, while the rest of the crypto market is down 10%. So that's really interesting. Yep. I mean, uh, this is this one has been one that I've watched for a little while. I, I wish I would have got into it earlier than I did. Um, but I'm glad I'm in where I'm at. And I'm, I'm very much considering getting more. Um, just because... If I, it goes to a dollar, I mean, you're doubling your money. Uh, more than more that. Than, yeah. yeah. Um, and... There's, there's just, there's so much upside because the people that I've been following for a while have been pretty correct on it so far. Um, and they were there, they were saying originally that they were expecting it to get to a dollar by the end of the year. Now they're saying it could be upwards of $2 by the end of the year per share. Yeah. I mean, that's worth, if you've got a hundred bucks to play with, just go get buy a hundred dollars of it and forget about it. Yeah. And, and if nothing happens, you know, Odds are you're not going to lose your money. Yeah. Um, you may break even if the worst happens, but odds are you're not going to lose it. But on the upside, I mean, if it increases to a dollar or two dollars, I mean, you're going to come out pretty good. You're going to you're going to make quite quite a bit. of. Bank. Or if it all of a sudden takes a boom and it starts growing like Bitcoin and then. Right. And if they decide hundreds of thousands of dollars that you made, if they decide like, to um, 
you know, cap it, cap it, like which they've talked about. Because right now, that's one of the things about Dogecoin is there is no cap, there is no limit to how many can be produced, and that's why a lot of people are saying don't look at it as a long term investment because Dogecoin is designed to inflate infinitely. That was kind of the reason it was created as a meme, was because it's it's really a joke. Yeah. But if they actually decide to cap it, then you can start to look at this differently. Well, and honestly, I would it would it would surprise me if they didn't cap it because of the fact that it is now being taken seriously. Like there are, are it's being if you put Dogecoin and Google and you look, I mean Forbes is talking about it. You've got um uh Fox Business was talking about it. There was all of these like major news sites that are now talking about it. Even local news sites are talking about it. I mean, everybody is talking about Dogecoin right now. So for them to not put a cap on it and take full advantage of the publicity that they're getting would be stupid. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So talking about uh, cryptocurrency, so um, China has banned all forms of cryptocurrency. They they were one of the first to do that. Um, now we've got uh, India has proposed a cryptocurrency ban penalizing miners and traders. This is from Reuters. India will propose a law banning cryptocurrencies, fining anyone trading uh, in the country or even holding such digital assets, a senior government official told Reuters, a potential blow to millions of investors piling into the red-hot asset class. The bill, one of the world's strictest policies against cryptocurrencies, would criminalize possession, issuance, mining, trading, and transferring crypto assets, said the official who has direct knowledge of the plan. The measure is in line with a January government agenda that called for banning private virtual currencies such as Bitcoin while building a framework for an official digital currency. See, the government hates competition, so they want to ban everybody else so that they can corner the market in their country for their official exactly. cryptocurrency. Exactly. But recent government comments have raised investors' hopes so that the authorities might go easier than on the booming market. Instead, the bill would give holders of cryptocurrencies up to six months to liquidate which means cash out, after which penalties will be levied, said the official, who asked not to be named as the contents of the bill are not public. Officials are confident of getting the bill enacted into law as a prime, um, as Prime Minister Narendra Modi's government holds a comfortably majority in the parliament. If the ban becomes law, India would be the first major economy to make holding cryptocurrency illegal. Even China, which is banned mining and trading, does not penalize possession. The finance ministry did not immediately respond to an email for comment. Bitcoin, the world's biggest cryptocurrency, hit a record high on, uh, of 60000 on Saturday, nearly doubling in value this year as its, as its acceptance for payments has increased with support from such high-profile bankers, backers such as Tesla CEO Elon Musk. In India, despite government threats of ban, transaction volumes are swelling and 8 million investors now hold 100 billion rupees, which is their form of the dollar over in India, 1.4 billion in crypto investments, according to industry estimates. No official data is available. Those are just estimates. The money is multiplying rapidly every month, and you don't want to be sitting on the sidelines, said uh, Sumnesh, a crypto investor. Even though people are panicking due to the potential ban, greed is driving these choices. User registrations and money inflows at local crypto exchanges are up 30-fold from a year ago. Its chief uh, executive, Garave Dake, said. <laughs> These are Indian names that are not easy to say. <laughs> Un Uno Coin, one of India's oldest exchanges, had 20,000 users in January and February, despite worries of the ban. So, top Indian officials have called cryptocurrency a Ponzi scheme, but finance min minister said this month that it... Um, it's not necessarily true to ease investors' concerns. I can only give you this clue as to what we're not closing our minds. We are looking at ways in which experiments can happen in the digital world and cryptocurrency. There will be a very calibrated position taken. And this is the government, uh, their finance minister. So basically he's saying, look, we're not going to get rid of crypto. We're just going to make everybody get rid of the crypto they currently have and you have to buy our crypto. And that's not going to work because that's not going to have any value globally. Right. The way crypto is, because the whole point of crypto is to be decentralized. And the second you centralize it, you're tying it to the rupee 
which doesn't have a ton of value. Which is why a lot of libertarians like cryptocurrency. (laughs) Which is, yeah, exactly. And which is why almost no government come out and support it in favor and be like, yeah, this is a great thing because they're not, they're not siphoning money off the top. Yeah, the government always wants to get their cut, but what's funny is, doesn't the government own a bunch of Bitcoin anyway? Yeah, they actually do. So um, I've got an article here from Investopedia, and uh, the uh, basically the government does own a bunch of Bitcoin, and let's talk about how they handle that money. So the federal government's relationship with Bitcoin has generated numerous headlines over the years, which is surprising considering that the U.S. government is one of the largest holders of Bitcoins. Wow. The Bitcoins are typically sold off in public auctions conducted by the U.S. Marshal Service, which is a law enforcement agency within the Department of Justice. At least $1 billion worth of digital coins and possibly much more has been spent in time in the custody of U.S. law enforcement. As a result, US, the U.S. Marshal Service, which is responsible for sales of the confiscation of Bitcoin, has become a major player in cryptocurrencies. So basically what they're doing, it's, they're, they're, it's civil asset for, forfeiture. When they arrest people, they confiscate their money. They take their Bitcoin. And How then, the hell is that even legal? Because they make the rules and then, the f- and then they auction off the Bitcoin that they've got. So wow. that's how they're making money. So, all right, I'll keep going. But, but little, yet they want to still keep taxing us like crazy. But whatever, keep going. But little else is known about the government's handling of Bitcoins. Now, a new Fortune article is taking a look at the mechanics of the government's handling of its stash of cryptocurrencies. Here's two things to learn. Crypto price volatility, volatility is messing up the government's plans. Several agencies within the U.S. government routinely seize valuable objects and precious metals and sell them off in auctions. But none of the assets seized have the price volatility of cryptocurrencies. This has given rise to novel situations and questions. For example, a strategically timed sale of Bitcoin, which is appreciated significantly in price, would have paid dividends for a government agency's budget. But the U.S. government has been criticized for selling Bitcoins at a cheap price. The average sale for Bitcoins at the auction held by the Marshall Service between June 2014 and November 2015 was $379 a token. Venture capitalist Tim Drapper struck gold during the auctions by purchasing 30,000 coins at an estimated price of $18.5 million. At current prices, his stake is worth $300 million. Yeah. That's not a bad return for investing roughly two, uh, two and a half years. The U.S. government's attempted to mimic Draper's strategy last year. When the price of Bitcoin neared 20000 in December 2017, government agencies attempted to sell 513 coins. By the time they'd acquired the necessary permissions mid-January, the price of a single Bitcoin was in a slump and down nearly 50%. One of the more interesting cases involved Bitcoin occurred recently when local authorities in Manhattan busted a kidnapping and burglary case involving Ether, Ethereum's cryptocurrency in January of 2018. The robber had wisely converted Ethereum into Bitcoin, which has since appreciated in price. The authorities are in a conundrum over who should get the profits from the sale of the loot. How many Bitcoins does the U.S. government hold? The forfeiture.gov site, which records Justice Department administrative civil and criminal forfeiture actions, should typically be a place to find out more about the total number of bitcoins held by the government but according to the fortune report there is a lag between the publication date of an online report and the date of seizure reports are also not archived online and paper copies are not made so bitcoin addresses linking wallets to owners are not available multiple agencies have seized bitcoin over the years making the state affairs even more confusing The absence of traceability for the government's Bitcoin stash has serious repercussions for the overall Bitcoin ecosystem because it means that it is difficult to ascertain and establish ownership of cryptocurrency, which is based on principles of transparency. That's absolutely crazy. (laughs) So the government doesn't want people to own crypto, but yet they have no problem making money off of it. This, yeah. It goes back to the same thing. They don't want it because they can't make a take their cut out of it, but this is the way that they do it. They take it forcefully 
and then sell it. Yeah. Arvind, a professor at Princeton, conducted research about coins that are burnt and forever unspendable. We have, and I quote, we have heard all stories of cryptocurrency owners losing private keys, and it's impossible to estimate how many coins have been lost this way. Which is another thing. You were just setting up your Coinbase wallet today, and you got your private key. Yeah. You lose your password, and you don't have a copy of that private key. You are not getting back into that wallet. Well, that was like you were talking about. You had your uh, your, yeah. your Bitcoin that is just... I have a single Bitcoin that I own. A full Bitcoin. Yeah, because Bitcoin, when it first started, when you used to get the wallet and download the wallet onto Windows. I remember doing this on Windows. I believe it was Windows 7. Um, I'd had the Bitcoin wallet, and had an address and it's a big long string of numbers and they would deposit you a single bitcoin when you signed up for it this was right during inception and of course i've swapped email addresses since then and have no idea how to get into that but yeah somewhere out there there's a bitcoin just floating in existence and it'll never be spent it's pretty sad yeah that that sucks because especially with how much that bitcoin is worth and that comes back to okay well, if there's no more new coins that are in circulation, how many coins have been lost like this? And is that one of the driving factors to why Bitcoin's going up in price? Because, it could be. Because there's a lot out there that people can't even access anymore. I saw um, I saw a video of a girl who does like paintings and stuff, and she painted this guy. Um, she was taking donations back then, uh, but she painted this guy a painting, and he donated her like $10 in Bitcoin or something like that. And uh, so she forgot all about it. And then one day she was like, she saw how much Bitcoin was worth and she got back into her account and she had made like 50 grand for, for a painting and she completely forgot about it. So she cashed it out. And like, wow. She made the guy another painting, like basically redid the painting and, and gave it to him and like met up with him and was just like, you know, thank you so much. Like I just remembered I had this and this and that. And the dude was just like, that's, awesome like you know he was super excited for her and you know he's he still said like that was like his favorite painting that he's gotten was the original painting that she made him and like all this other stuff but that's cool it's crazy something that that she took as a donation had no idea would ever make any kind of money and then she turned around and made like 50 grand off of it right which is insane that is absolutely insane <clears throat> so speaking of uh artwork and things like that have you heard of NFTs? I've heard of them, but I don't really know what they are. So NFTs is a, a pretty new thing. And it's an, uh, essentially an emerging platform for artists to sell original digital copies of things and transfer ownership rights. Okay. Um, so... Uh, this is pretty cool. So this is an article from The Verge, and I thought that NFTs would be cool to explain while we're talking about cryptocurrencies because they do go hand in hand. It's another decentralized platform. Um, there's nothing like an explosion of blockchain, blockchain news to have you thinking, um, what's going on here? That's the feeling I've experienced while reading about Grimes getting millions of dollars for NFTs about a Neon cat being sold as one. The Neon Cat, you know, the little uh, Pop-Tart kitty with rainbows coming out of his ass? Uh-huh. That meme? Yeah. The creator of that meme sold it and made and is a millionaire now because, because of this. Really? Yes. What? Yeah. And by the time I mean, cool. we all thought we sort of knew what the deal was, the founder of Twitter put an autographed tweet up for sale as an NFT. You might be wondering, what is uh, an NFT anyhow? After literal hours of reading, I think I know. And I also think I'm going to cry. Okay, let's start with the basics. What is an NFT? What does it stand for? Non-fungible token. That doesn't make it any clearer. So, it more or less means that it's a unique and can't be replaced with something else. For example, a Bitcoin is fungible. Trade one for another Bitcoin and you'll have exactly the same thing. A one-of-a-kind trading card, however, is non-fungible. If you traded it for a different card, you'd have something completely different. You gave up a Squirtle and got a, uh, a 1909 T206 Honus Wagner, which is stadium talk. 
calls the Mona Lisa of baseball cars. How do NFTs work? At a very high level, most NFTs are part of the Ethereum blockchain. Ethereum is a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or Dogecoin, but its blockchain also supports these NFTs, which store extra information that makes them work differently from, say, an ETH coin. It is worth nothing that other blockchains can implement their own version of NFTs, and some already have started to. What's worth picking up at NFT's supermarket? NFTs can really be anything digital, such as drawings, music, your brain downloaded and turned into an AI. This is in uh, quotes, by the way. <laughs> right. Uh, not, 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 not quite there yet with the technology. But, but the premise would be the same. Yeah. But a lot of con- uh, current excitement is around using the tech to sell digital art. You mean like people buying my good tweets? I don't think anyone can stop you, but that's not really what I meant. A lot of the conversation is about NFTs as an evolution of fine art collecting, only with digital art. So do really pe- do people really think this will become like art collecting? I'm sure some people really hope so. Like whoever paid almost 390000 for a 50-second video by Grimes, or the person who paid $6.6 million for a video by Beeple. Actually, one of Beeple's pizzas was auctioned at Christie's. The famous, yeah. That's actually how the article reads. It cuts off. Really? They show you a picture of it. And oh. Yeah, it's a stupid thing. It's just crazy that people paid $6.6 million for this art. Well, that's that's kind of like, I mean, I guess in the at the end of the day, art's value is in the eye of the beholder i guess i don't know because some of the stuff i've seen that sells for so much i'm just like the fuck yeah (laughs) there's no way in hell i'm paying so the article continues and says sorry (laughs) i was busy right clicking on that beeple video and downloading the same the same file that the person paid millions of dollars for wow rude but yeah that's where it gets a bit awkward you can copy a digital file as many times as you want including the art that's included with an nft But NFTs are designed to give you something that can't be copied. Ownership of the work. Though the artist can still retain the copyright and reproduction rights, just like with physical artwork. To put in terms of physical art collection, anyone can buy a Monet print, but only one person can own the original. What do you think of the uh, $3,600 Gucci ghost? Also, you didn't let me finish earlier. That image... That Beeple was auctioning off at Christie's ended up selling for $69 million, which, by the way, is $15 million more than Monet's painting. What? That sold in 2014. Why? Whoever got that Monet can actually appreciate it as a physical object, but with digital art, a copy is literally as good as the original. But the flex of owning the original Beeple. What's the point? That really depends on whether you're an artist or a buyer. So, <laughs> as a buyer, one of the obvious benefits of buying art is, is it lets you financially support your artists you like, and that's true with NFTs, which are trendier than like Telegram stickers. Buying an NFT also usually gets you some basic usage rights, like being able to post that image online or set it as your profile picture. Plus, of course, there are bragging rights that you own the art with a blockchain entry to back it up. As a collector, NFTs can work like any other speculative asset where you buy it and hope that the value goes up one day so you can sell it for a profit. I feel kind of dirty about talking about that, though. (laughs) So is every NFT unique? Yeah, this article is hilarious. It is. In the boring technical sense that every NFT is unique, a token on the blockchain, but while it could be like a Van Gogh, there's usually only one definitive actual version. It could also be like a trading card where there's 50 or hundreds of numbered copies of the same artwork. Who would pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for what is basically amounts to a trading card? Well, that's the part that makes NFTs so messy. Some people treat them like they're the future of fine art collecting. Um, let's see here. As a playground for mega rich. And some people treat them like Pokemon cards, where they're accessible to normal people, but also a playground for the mega rich. Speaking of Pokemon card cards logan paul just sold some nfts relating to a million dollar box of please stop you're gonna hate where this is going yeah he sold nft video clips 
which are just clips from a video you can watch on YouTube anytime you want for up to $20,000. He also sold NFTs to Logan of a Logan Paul Pokemon card, digital art. So Linkin Park's Mike Shinoda, who also sold some NFTs that included a song, actually talked about that. It's totally a thing someone could do if they were, in his words, an opportunist crooked jerk. I'm not going to let that Logan... I'm not saying that that Logan Paul is that. It's just that you should be careful who you buy from. Can I buy this article as an NFT? No, but technically anything digital could be sold as an NFT, including articles from courts in the New York Times, provided that you have anywhere from $1,800 to $560,000. Dead Mouse, the band, the you know mm-hmm. electronic band, mm-hmm. has sold digital animated stickers William Shatner sold a Shatner-themed trading card, one which was apparently an x-ray of his teeth. There have been some attempts at connecting NFTs to real-world objects, often as sort of a verification method. Nike has patented a method to verify sneakers' authenticity using an NFT system, which it calls Crypto Kicks. But so far, I haven't found any teeth, so no, I'm not scared to look. There are several marketplaces that have popped around popped up around NFTs, which allow people to buy and sell. These include OpenSea, Raritable, and Grimes Choice, Nifty Gateway, and there are plenty of others. NFTs really become technically possible when the Ethereum-backed blockchain added support for them as part of a new standard. Of course, one of the first uses was a game crawl called CryptoKitties that allowed users to trade and sell virtual kittens. Thank you, Internet. I don't get it. Like, there's so many other things in the world that you could be doing, and yet people do this. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, people... I don't get it, dude. Yeah. it's. <laughs> I mean, hey, but at the end of the day, you do you, man. You do you. Right. Capitalism, baby. Right. Somebody wants to buy it, sell it, do it, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> but I just... Like, so if it, on the NFTs, right... How do you verify that you have the original? Like, is there uh, some kind of authentic authentication? Yeah, you have or... a certificate authentication, and okay, then, uh, it also you have a big blockchain number basically oh, well, that's stored true. in okay. your digital wallet that okay. that ties back to that transaction. But still, like, I don't, I don't get why? it, man. I don't get it. Man. I mean, but like I said, at the end of the day, you do, you want to do, you got the money to blow to do that. Go for it. It's basically a decentralized way to come up with a certificate of, of authentic, authenticity, authenticity. <laughs> for digital art. I mean, hey, that's cool. Whatever. I mean, you do you. But, I, I'm not going to do that. But to, pi- to pay you know, millions of dollars for that, just now, of anything that yeah. anybody else could have a copy because it's right. just digital. Right. You can right click on pretty much any picture on the internet and save the file. You know, and that's what they're talking about here. These video clips from YouTube that Logan Paul has sold for $1,800 a pop. You can literally download that whole video. But you know what? Good for him. Yeah. Somebody's willing to pay for it. Good for him for making the money on it. Yeah. That's and, all I'm saying. And now that person owns that yeah. out, outright. So they can resell it. That's they can, true. They can license it. Yeah. I mean, it's not really any different than... Uh, like uh, some of these websites, fine, yeah. fineartamerican.com, well, where you can sell digital prints. Yeah. And people can license your pictures that you take to be used in TV commercial spots. Or well, I get that. Like advertisements for something like that. But like for a signed tweet from the first, you know, tweet ever, like I don't get that. That's that. That's stupid. It It is stupid. It, if you look at it from the big picture, but what what is what I guess what makes that valuable is because it's the first one. I mean, that's true. And well, and I guess it also has the signature on it that, you know, I mean, I get it. Okay. So I mean I get it. It's all up to interpretation on the actual value of it. I couldn't see myself spending that much money on it at right. all. Right. But at the end of the day, like if there is like a picture of yours, like because Ian does really, really nice photography, by the way. And if there was like a really cool picture of like downtown Nashville, which I've seen you've got like some really nice pictures of downtown yeah, Nashville. Yeah, I thought about Prince. You know, those. I wouldn't mind, you know, paying you for a copy of that picture. Like, you know what I mean? So I guess I, yeah. can, I can see it. I just can't imagine spending that much on something like that. You know what I mean? Like that just. Ooh. Right. Well, 
So when we were in Gatlinburg in Pigeon Forge uh, back in January, right? Mm -hmm. We went into that local artist gallery. and Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was talking to the lady, and we were looking at this really cool painting of uh, Mama Bear and her cubs crossing um, basically like a dirt road in the middle of Smoky Mountain National Park, the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. And, And there was like, it was raining, and it was moonlit, and it just looked amazing. Well, that copy, it was a copy of an original. It framed and everything was like $800. I asked her, what would it cost to buy the original? And some of the artists don't sell the original, but she said this particular artist does. And he wanted $18,000 for the original Wow, paintbrush to canvas painting. Okay, okay. But still, I mean... That's pretty wild. Yeah. And so if you think about the concept of NFTs, it's kind of the same. It's the same, but in digital, not physical. But the caveat is we know digital is digital. So you can make as many copies as you want with these ones and zeros digital. And it's always going to be the same quality as the original. Right. When you print a copy of a painting, it's not the same quality. Right. And that's why it, the value separation is there. So to to kind of tie this in to like crypto, I think that's a lot of the reason why so many people have, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say a fear, but like a worry with investing in cryptocurrency because it's not physical. Yeah. And, but if let's also talk about, okay, so is the dollar, we also right. know that the dollar is no longer backed by gold. That changed back in the 70s. Right. Well, and most people don't even use cash cash so much anymore. Most people use their debit card or their phone or their watch or, you know, whatever. You never actually see that money. It's just a digital number on your bank account. We can almost without a doubt say that there isn't enough real physical U.S. dollar currency in circulation. Right. So if everybody went to the bank right now oh, yeah. <laughs> and wanted to pull out physical currency of what they have in their accounts, I bet you can't do it. No, there's no way. There's no way that you'd be able to do that. Yeah. If I pulled out my 401k, my say, I mean, I guarantee, if everybody in the country did that, there yeah. would not be enough physical money to go around. No, not at all. And so, and you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of company companies, countries in Europe are getting rid of their like pennies and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're going to only nickels. As, well, and it started seeming like that's what was happening here with the coin shortage. I still think that is a play that they're looking to get rid of pennies yeah. and get them out of circulation. Because well, honestly, with how much everything costs nowadays, what can you get with pennies? Not much. I mean, really, let's be honest. There's not a lot that you can get with pennies. Yeah. I mean, you have to have a lot of pennies. Yeah. <laughs> like, And there's so many in circulation, like even if they stop circulating pennies, they're not going to go up in value. Yeah. Well, it's not even like they're made out of real copper. No. You know, they're, they're like copper plated, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Like now, if you get those old, old pennies, those like are early money. 1900 pennies. Yeah. They're yeah. actually worth some money. I've got a couple of those. I've yeah. Found. They're yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. They are cool. Well, and it's just like uh dimes, actual silver dimes and nickels and stuff. Like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's and when quarters. That's and when currency else. was real currency. Yeah. <clears throat> now it's just all fake and worth nothing. Pretty much. But honestly, and this is something guys. Um, like I've started investing into crypto, um, and, but I'm not dumping a lot at a time, like do a little each paycheck, every other paycheck. I literally do 20 bucks a paycheck. Yeah. That's all I do. Uh, and honestly, um, Coinbase is a really good app for that. It, it just went public last week on that, the stock market. That's um, right. But right now, if you sign up, <laughs> literally I have, I've already gotten, through different kinds of cryptocurrencies, you take these little quizzes that they have, yep, and they'll, they'll give you free, free stock. They'll give you free crypto. Yeah, because like, they're they're well, they want to e- educate you on yeah, what this stuff is. It, it's free money, guys. Free money. It's literally free money. In fact, uh, if you um, have a friend who's got Coinbase, which <laughs> hey, if you're you listening, two to, of us. If you're listening right now, you've got a friend with Coinbase. Yeah, we'll send you the link. We can send you a link, our share link. We can post it if you sign up and you invest a hundred dollars of into crypto with any any crypto you want. It doesn't have to be Bitcoin. You can get ten dollars of free Bitcoin. And yeah. I had a buddy of mine do this, and it worked. Yeah. So he got a free ten dollars of Bitcoin, and I got. Yeah, free t- just because he invested a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And the cool thing about 
like Coinbase versus Robinhood. Robinhood, you're buying the rights to that cryptocurrency. You're you not actually physically buying that crypto. Right. And you can't you can't cash that crypto out for other crypto. You can't transfer that crypto to a Bitcoin wallet. You're literally just selling it out, cashing out for US dollars is what you're doing. Yeah, with, but with apps like Coinbase and other apps crypto is another yeah, good app. That that you're actually buying the the actual coin. asset. Yeah. And uh OpenSea, I'm on OpenSea.com right now. I wanted to show you. Okay. So this is an NFT marketplace. Ah, okay. And there's all kinds of digital art. I actually am going to look into creating an account and see if I can sell some of my pictures that I've taken. You know, I might originals. do it. Um, there's nothing that I, I'll I'm, probably just make some squiggly lines and just be like, hey, somebody buy this. It's I'm going to sell, <laughs> I'm going to sell a picture of my nipple and just see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You probably would make some money off of it. You know, trim it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Shave first. Yeah. It sounds weird. <laughs> But I mean, <laughs> people have bought weirder for a lot more. So yeah, I mean that's true. I'm sure you could probably find pictures of you know. There's some creepo out mm. there who has a collection of nipple pics. And, oh, for sure. And he would love to own an <laughs> NFT copy, <laughs> and he's willing to pay big bucks. So oh, that's so gross. Ain't no shame in my game, baby. Yeah. Send me a bunch of money. I'll, I'll whatever you want, man. That's so weird. I, that's so weird. My face ain't on the picture, bro. I mean, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But uh, there are there are some weird people out there. So I, I I could see you probably making money with that. There's some really <laughs> weird people out there, dude. Oh my gosh, dude. So um I I kind of wanted to circle back and um talk about um more Bitcoin stuff. Yeah, big well, that's the like we said earlier, that's the number one cryptocurrency anyway. So that's kind of the the focus on what a lot of people try to invest in anyway. So this is a uh, CNBC article. And uh, this was published Monday, April 12th. So it's, it's relevant. The title is, uh, CEO of a top Bitcoin exchange warns a crackdown on cryptocurrencies may be coming. Governments around the world may start to clamp down on the use of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. The CEO of a top crypto exchange is warned. A number of officials from U.S. Treasury Sec Secretary Janet Yellen to European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde have sounded the alarm about the use of Bitcoin for money laundering, terrorist financing, and other illegal activities. What did I tell you at the very start of this? Yep. Bing, bing, bing. <clears throat> I think there could be some crackdown, Jesse Powell, CEO of Kraken, told CNBC in an interview. Cryptocurrencies have, a, have surged in value lately, with Bitcoin hitting an all-time record high of more than 61,000 last month. 64. Well, yeah. This, yeah, yeah, last month, yeah. The world's most valuable digital coin was last trading Monday at around 60,105. It's since dropped since the news of in India. Yeah. But I think... There's a lot more going on behind the scenes, too, of, I think, than of multiple countries and, and different entities trying to limit how digital uh, cryptocurrencies are going right now. Yeah. Which is why we saw such a significant decrease yesterday, especially because because uh, this it's Sunday right now. So Saturday, well, I don't know, Saturday, it kind of started going back up. But Friday, there was a huge dip, like mm -hmm. Friday night into Saturday morning. Every single crypto would just drop like crazy. Oh yeah, the market across the board on Coinbase yeah. was down over 10%. It was like 10.4%. Right. That's crazy. Especially with the amount of growth that's been happening over the last few weeks. I mean, it, to see that happen like that was was very curious. Market corrections are going to happen. Yeah, right? but, you're going to see a lot of people that are holding Bitcoin as a as a way to invest and they see it start to to level out. They're going to go, yeah, I want to cash out because I don't want to lose my potential profits. Here. Right. And so when they do cash out, there's more in circulation. So the value is going to drop a bit. Yeah, that's true. So that could be what's happening. Um, but it's also a great time to buy when the market dips. So especially when you're talking these little 10% drops, that's significant when you're talking Bitcoin. So, all right, I'll continue the article here. Kraken is the world's fourth largest digital currency exchange in terms of trading volume. The firm is considered going public through direct listings similar to Coinbase next year after achieving their record trading volumes in the first quarter. Coinbase is set to go public on Wednesday. It already has. And could be valued as much as $100 billion. 
More than major trading venue operators like Intercontinental Exchanges, owner of the New York Stock Exchange, crypto investors are hailing the company's stock market debut as a major milestone for the industry after years of skepticism from Wall Street regulators. Still, Kraken's chief thinks regulatory uncertainty around crypto isn't going away anytime soon. A recent anti-money laundering rule proposed by the U.S. government would require people who hold their crypto in private digital wallet to undergo identity checks if they make transactions of $3,000 or more. What? Something like that could really hurt crypto and kind of kills the original use case, which is to just make financial services accessible to everyone. Cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin have often been associated with illicit activities due to the fact that people transacting with it are pseudo-anonymous. You can see where funds are being sent, but not who sent to receive them. There are sites, there are signs that the use of crypto for nefarious purposes may be falling. Illicit activity accounted for just 0.34% of all crypto transaction volume last year, according to blockchain analysis from uh, firm Chain Analysis. That was down from roughly 2% the year earlier. Come on now. How much of illegal illicit activity is occurring with the U.S. dollar? I mean, Jesus Christ. We fucking <laughs> sent money to Iran to try to pay him off from stopping to build nukes. I mean, okay. And then we want to point the finger. Well, at, it's because it's not the government that's doing it. Yeah, I know. It's. it's I just want to point out the hip- hypocrisy, how stupid this is. Well, duh. It's the government. The, no, nothing is more... Hypocritical than the government? Yes. Yeah. I was I was going to say that, but then I was trying to see if I could find a better way of saying it. But no, I think that's probably the that's best probably, way to say it. I, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. The government is corrupt, guys. Like, let's just say it. They are. I hope that the U.S. and international <sighs> regulators don't take too much of a narrow view on this, Powell said. Some other countries, China especially, are taking crypto very seriously and taking a very long-term view. Kraken CEO said he feels the U.S. is more short-sighted than other nations and susceptible to the pressures of incumbent legacy businesses. In other words, the banks that stand to lose from crypto becoming a big deal. I also think it might be too late, Powell added. Maybe the genie's out of the bottle and just trying to ban it at this point would make it more attractive. It would certainly send a message that the government sees this as a superior alternative to their own currency. Exactly. The U.S. isn't the only country considering strict new rules on crypto. In India, for example, the government is considering a law that would ban cryptocurrencies and penalizing anyone holding or trading them. And this is why um, why we think Bitcoin and the crypto market as a whole had has dropped um, a little more than 10% this past weekend because there was a leaked news article I say leaked. It wasn't really leaked. The law, the law is not public yet, so we don't know what it says, as stated in an earliest, earlier article that we were discussing. But it was leaked via a news organization that their their parliament is considering it in India. And if that goes through, I mean, that's gonna it's gonna put the brakes on some trading activity yeah, and stuff. But keep your eye on it because if you're interested in investing, that's the time you get in when it's low because it's gonna go back up. Always. Yeah, it's gonna go back up. I mean, it's. It's inevitable. The way that it's going, it's just going to continue to grow. I think Powell's right. The cat's out of the bag. Yeah. This is a kind of technology that you can't just uninvent or right. get rid of. The same is true for guns. Right. You can't just make them go away and snap your fingers. And it's, it's just yeah. not that. The government thinks they can, but that's not how that works. Right. Not even close. So. Right. You know, the government's always got to try to be the end all be all. So. They certainly think they are. They certainly want to. So anything else you want to talk about, man? I think we hit crypto pretty hard. Yeah, I think it was a good one. Uh, changing it up a little bit from the, you know, the political that we've had to focus on lately. Of course, we'll get back to it because there's still plenty to discuss with Biden and all of his infinite wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> I say that very sarc- sarcastically, everybody. And buy large mansions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's something we're going to have to talk about soon, too. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. That's what BLM stands for these days is buy large, buy large mansions. mansions. <laughs> like what? Four of them, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. At millions of dollars a piece, too. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be a fun one to talk about. And Brianna Taylor's mom is ragging on BLM saying oh, they haven't done dude. anything yeah. to help their, their family. That's going to be... It's literally just a, 
uh, an organization that's pulled the wool over the eyes of the American people to look like they want to do a good thing, but basically launder money so they can basically get politicians elected. Yeah. That's essentially what the organization is. It's what is. most are, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> that we have to deal with. Yeah. But yeah, that'll definitely be another a future podcast that we, we talk more in depth about that. So um, one thing I do want to hit on real quick, guys, is our Facebook page is now over 500 likes. Woohoo! Woo Good growth, guys. I, I love seeing it. We've had a lot more interactions on our posts. Uh, we want to continue seeing that. Um, and because we hit 500 likes, we are doing another giveaway, which we this makes two giveaways that are currently active. If you go to anchor.com slash unbiasedfreedom and you send us a message, you will receive a free t-shirt or honestly anything on our Teespring website. And also we are going to set up our 500 like giveaway on Facebook and it's going to be the same concept. You can go to the Teespring site, pick anything that you would like off of it and we will send it to you. Hey, I've got breaking news here. Okay. That I, that I need to talk about. Okay. This literally it. just happened. Unbiased America posted this less than 30 minutes ago. Oh, Jesus. Minnesota National Guard Patrol injured in drive-by shooting hours after Maxine Waters told protesters to make sure they know we mean business. Oh, hell no. Are you are you serious? Yeah. The Minnesota National Guard said a drive-by shooting targeted its members in North Minneapolis early this morning. At about 4.19 a.m., shots were fired from a white SUV at a Minnesota National Guard who was providing neighborhood security. Two guard members were injured, with one taken to the hospital with cuts from shattered glass. The shooting happened in North Minneapolis, about five miles from the Brooklyn Center. Several hours earlier, Rep. Maxine Waters, a Democrat from California, held a rally in Brooklyn Center and told protesters to get more confrontational in the wake of Derek Chauvin trial. We've got to stay on the street, and we've got to make more and we got to get more active we've got to get more confrontational we've got to make sure they know that we mean business this is maxine waters talking she said when she was asked what protesters should be doing moving forward republicans were not happy with what they saw as a prop provocation why is a sitting member of Con congress encouraging protesters to get quote confrontational republican uh, ken buck from colorado wrote on twitter Waters has a history of provoking confrontation. In 2018, she called for her supporters to create crowds when they see Trump officials and tell them they're not welcome in public. And this is quoting Maxine Waters. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see somebody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gas station, you get out and you create a crowd, Waters said, and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome anymore anywhere. Water said she plans to stay in Minnesota until closing arguments at the Chauvin trial. What the fuck? That's crazy. She needs to be arrested for inciting violence. Yeah. What the fuck? That's insane. I, uh, that's already been shared on the Unbiased Freedom uh, Facebook page, that article. So um, go check that out if you're curious. I want more information on it. But to be shooting at National Guardsmen patrolling neighborhoods to keep them safe i mean and for what for what this is this is the democrats america right here ladies and gentlemen this is it this is literally it they don't want you to have guns but they sure as hell want them to be able to have guns that's right god fucking bullshit this is crazy man we're gonna have to do another one uh it may have to be next episode about how all of a sudden now that they're pushing these gun control laws again, how there's all of a sudden a huge spike in all these mass shootings. Isn't that really a weird correlation? It is. And I want that's going to have to probably be our next topic that we talk about. And every instance of these, the FBI has known about the perpetrators and have done nothing. Just like the, Fed, the recent FedEx guy. Their family turned him into local law enforcement. They apparently removed his ability to own firearms and remove firearms from the home, yet he was still able to do what he did. So clearly, the bad guys don't follow the law. Right. Clearly. But anyway, that's another yeah, uh, topic of conversation. That'll be next episode. We're going to have to hit on that for sure because it's just, that's something that's got to start getting addressed because it's all of a sudden, like, out of nowhere. Like, Yeah. That's ridiculous, man. 
All right. Let's move on to the good news story real quick. What yeah. you got for us, Ian? So today on the Good News Network, I saw a really cool article that basically shows how private individuals coming together can be way more charitable than any government program ever designed to be. Oh, yeah, of course. So the title of this article is, uh, and, and the article was published April 4th, 2021, Affordable Housing Landlord Starts Eviction Fund and, his, and is Shocked, Raising $9 million Kept 3,000 Families in Their Homes. When Marty Stagemeyer was 11 years old, she was the Monopoly champion of her sixth grade class in Atlanta, Georgia, and she knew right then and there that she wanted to be a landlord when she grew up. And what is a compassionate landlord she became. After graduating from Georgia State University, she started investing in old affordable apartment communities and quickly realized that many of her renter families were low-income single parents who needed services like after-school programs and playgrounds for their communities. In response to the demand for social services, Mary launched her own 501c3 nonprofit that provides a free on-site services to families living in affordable apartments and communities, and Star C has since become a godsend for families. Many children have come through the Star C after-school program who are now doctors, plumbers, and school teachers earning good wages that move them out of poverty. Almost 100 families have elevated from renting to home home ownership because we kept rents low so families can save their money. This is all being privately done. I just want to keep pointing Yeah, nobody's forcing this person to do this. A chance meeting in 2017 with Bill and Melinda Gates and Matthew Desmond, author of the Pulitzer Prize winning book Evicted, opened her eyes. Even with her rents below market, some of the tenants struggled to pay rent, so she began to build an informal resource network for families to get rental assistance. After COVID-19 struck in March of 2020, many of Mary's tenants were laid off from their jobs or had to manage multiple children that were suddenly at home during the day, which made the need even greater. So in April, Star C, Star hyphen C is the name of this program, launched an ambitious $50,000 GoFundMe campaign for eviction relief, and the response completely shocked Mary. When they raised nearly $50,000, Adding icing to the cake, the local municipal government of Cobb County finds out about the Star Sea Eviction Relief Fund and quickly voted to donate $1.5 million of their federal stimulus funding. Other municipalities like Fulton County followed, and Star Sea has now raised over $9 million from governments and wow. foundations, giving the ability to help over 3,000 families avoid eviction. Mary's staff has spoken personally with thousands of Atlanta families through their hotline and has so far partnered with over 3,300 landlords representing 6,500 apartment units. The eviction relief fund works with landlords who offer affordable rents for low-income families. Our landlords know their neediest tenants and their assets and assist them with their applications. The Star C program has been a game changer not only for tenants but landlords who have struggled as well. So many of our tenants and landlords are simply grateful. Our Star C staff staff have often received thank you notes and calls from families who have now found work and can pay their rent. And more good news came in 2021 when the federal relief package, which has provided another 4.1 million so they can get even more assistance. If tenants and their children are unstable in their community, it is a win-win for everyone, including the tenant, child, landlord, and the local school systems. So I thought that was really cool, man. Yeah, that's awesome. This lady just took it upon herself to start this foundation to help her own tenants on properties that she owns. And it just blossomed into this big, huge thing that started helping others in in the surrounding communities. Hell yeah. It's really, really cool. I like it. Private individuals always do it better. Always. Just like Musk and his uh, getting that contract from NASA. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. That's really. Cool. I want to hit on that next soon too. Yeah, yeah. That's I want to do. Awesome. I want to do some more uh, UFOs because uh, all the new info. Oh yeah, there's so many wild Let's videos it, and pictures man. and I'm stuff s- going I'm on. I'm so up for that. Stuff keeps leaking and it's interesting. Yeah. it's it's wild. So we've got some good ideas coming up for topics, guys. But we still want to hear from you guys. If you guys want to be a guest, let us know. If you've got a topic you want to hear us talk about, please let us know, and we will put it in the lineup. Um, we're starting to get a more. Uh, more leveled out in the in our lives right now so we should be back in it more consistently so we're excited about that that's right yeah and uh on each of the descriptions on our 
published podcast episodes, there's a link that will take you. So you can actually go record a voice question that gets sent straight to our inbox that we will play on the following episode and we will directly respond to you on air in the episode. And so the first one that does it gets to pick out something from our merch store. So do it. That's our contest, guys. Guys, literally, all you're doing is sending us a voice message and you get a free T-shirt, a free hoodie, a free, you know, face mask, gator, you know, whatever is on our Teespring website. Anything that's on the merch website, we will send to you free of charge. Breaking more breaking news. Oh, geez. This podcast is never going to end. <laughs> Three people are shot dead in Austin oh, with a God. gunman on the loose. So there's another mass shooting live shooter See, situation this, in Austin, Texas. This is probably going to have to be our next episode is we're going to have to talk about all of this because it's very strange. The timing is strange. It's very suspect. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, we hope you have a good rest of your week, weekend, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Have a good day. See you guys later. Mm